0: Hello, friends, and welcome to our Power is Within podcast. I'm your host, Chasmith, Smith, and my mission for this podcast is to inspire you to take your power back and to realize that you are the healer that you've been looking for all along. I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday, if that is something that you choose to celebrate. And either way, I hope you had a wonderful week. This coming week is already going to be 2022. Wow. <laughs> where does time go these days um it's flying by for me i'm not sure about you but for me it is flying by like it's the end of 2021 and sometimes i think it's still 2020 i just it's like an entire year poof (laughs) but anyhow the end of year isn't it a wonderful time for reflection realignment Making decisions, checking in with ourselves, discovering what is purposeful, what is meaningful, how we want to spend our time, our energy, our focus, what we want to be doing, how we want to be. So I hope that you do take some time to do that for yourself this week. Before going into the challenge for the week, I do want to just mention that if you are enjoying the content from the podcast and the guests that I continue to have here... Um, there's a few ways to help support future episodes. You could click the subscribe button um, on any platform so that you have every new episode waiting for you in your podcast library. You could leave a five star rating and a quick review on Apple Podcast if I've earned the review or the rating and the review. You can share your favorite episode with a friend or tag me on social media, sharing it on your social media. And lastly, at the bottom of the show notes, you will find a direct link to a tip jar where you can support if you do feel called to do so in that way. So speaking of all this opportunity for year-end reflection, I'm curious how your um, challenge last week went, flexing our awareness muscles. Uh, What did you discover? What did you notice? What are you spending your days thinking about? Did you decide that any of your thoughts simply weren't true? This week's challenge, we're going to keep it super simple. Aside from the normal year-end reflection, spending some time with yourself, building on the reflecting we've been doing, I would love for you all to just spend some time in nature with our Mother Earth. Whether it's a beach, a mountain, a valley, the desert, the forest, or even just a park in the center of a city with a pond. Whatever is in the scope of possibility for you. But give yourself that gift, you guys. Get out there. Take a pause. Be present. Notice your surroundings. Watch some wildlife and observe them and just be with whatever it is. And yes, 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 even if you're in a cold climate, bundle up appropriately and still get out there because um, nature is beautiful in all conditions as I've come to learn. She really is and she has so much to teach us when we let her, when we just open up to her and we find that stillness and that openness. Our guest today is Kathleen King, Dr. Kathleen King. Some of you might already know her, and some of you might remember her from an episode early on in the podcast all about primal trust, and she is back today. I will link the, um, the first episode that she joined us uh, on in the show notes as usual, so if you want to catch up on that first one, if you missed it, uh, that would be a great starting point. Uh, today, we do talk about how to approach our rewiring practice purposefully and align to true self. We talk about what is true self, how do we know when we're aligned to true self, how does primal trust relate to true self. All of these are just some of the questions that we're going to be answering today. So stay tuned and enjoy. All right, Dr. Cat, thank you so much for being back with me on the show for round two. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, it's been a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think last time we talked all about primal trust and what that was and gave the listeners a good um, a good feeling for what, what primal trust meant, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, today, um, I know that we're going to have a really wonderful conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to rewire ourselves um, in circles versus rewiring our true self-expression correct yes yes awesome so i was thinking that we could actually start by maybe having you just do a little brief explanation of just what your interpretation is of rewiring in circles versus true self, just so somebody is like, well, am I rewiring for true self or what is rewiring in circles even mean? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So when I see somebody rewiring circles, what that looks like is that they have to do emotional elevation practices every day, throughout the day in order to live uh, live their life. Meaning without that elevation practice, they get triggered and they cannot emotionally regulate without it. So rewiring in circles is that they're now rewiring that they have to do their brain retraining practice or emotional elevation practice in order to cope rather than it being uh Uh, part of the roadmap back into their life where they're able to live and handle triggers and handle stress and express themselves authentically, they are rewiring themselves in a way where they're emotionally elevating, but they're not really going anywhere. They're maybe having improved body sensations and improved um, function in their body, but they still get triggered all the time they have a hard time entering back into the world they have a hard time with relationship they have a hard time being authentic so that's what i mean by rewiring yourself into circles
0: Mm, okay that makes so much sense thank you um okay so then that's probably gonna give us a little insight as to what caused you personally to expand the traditional brain rewiring process to begin to include inner work parts work, things like somatic work, true self-discovery, um, and all this rather than just the emotional elevation. Is, mm-hmm. Would that be the answer? Do you have anything more you want yeah, to add?
1: Yeah, I'll say that. I did the brain rewiring neuroplasticity work for several months, and that was really wonderful And that it helped my symptoms, it helped my mood. But whenever I actually went to make a major change in my life, like getting back out into the world or relationship stuff or trying to be authentic, I couldn't do it with that alone because that emotional elevation, although incredibly powerful for helping the body to heal, it wasn't the method that I needed to actually get into my body and uh, do the inner work and handle who I was and handle relationship conflicts that are gonna happen. So that's when I realized that I needed to go on part two of that journey for myself. And I had a lot of those tools and those training because of my background. And I gained some more additional training to be able to take that journey. And then, you know, eventually I created a process which takes people both through the stage one of neuroplasticity, emotional elevation, and then into stage two, which is the inner work, and then also into stage three that I call um basically living your authentic self in the world.
0: Okay. And so I guess when you, you said you had some training and some stuff and you continue to learn things, but when you were doing this for yourself first, um, was it just a, like a matter of trial and error or how did you really come to know what needed to really be uh, put together?
1: Well, my background is I'm a physical therapist and I have a lot of training in somatic movement and even like somatic trauma training. And I knew for myself that even though I was emotionally elevating, I couldn't be in my body. I couldn't really sit still in my body and feel my body I would have to do some type of brain retraining practice to calm down I was like oh this is a problem because if I can't be in my body with the sensations and feelings I know that I'm not actually present and that's the key word I want to say here is that I realized I wasn't present and so I had tools of somatic presencing and orienting and that kind of thing that I used to teach others. And so I started doing them myself. And then I got some more uh, training in that particular category because I knew I needed other people to kind of help lead me through that.
0: And then you um, eventually also did parts work, you said, and like inner child work. So where did that show up in all that? Was that just something you were doing also in the background or at what point did you realize you needed to add that element in?
1: So I tried to do the inner work and parts work before brain retraining and it did not go well because it was too triggering and I didn't have a tool to uh, emotionally elevate and regulate my nervous system. So I actually had years where I tried to do parts work. Um, with a therapist, uh, before brain retraining didn't do, didn't go well. And then we stopped that. And then I went into brain retraining and learned how to, you know, regulate my limbic system. And then I went and I did the somatic work and vagus nerve um, training as well and started working on that. And then I went back into some parts work. I had a lot of my own tools by that point and had so many years of practice um, that didn't go well from before, but I still had all those practices that I just started applying them because I realized oh, this is the time where I can do the parts integration. I have nervous system regulation, step one on board. I have somatic presencing, my ability to be in my body on board. And so now I'm going to you know, work on that inner world. And
0: so that's what I did. I love it. Yeah, it seems like a really natural progression. Mm-hmm. And I know in my own experience, um, and I think we've even talked about this before, that um, the that i started with a brain retraining program and it's interesting that as i actually got results doing that it was so strange because then i actually almost started having more sensations in my body that i became Mm -hmm. aware of that i needed to incorporate somatics for and it did feel like that was just this natural shift because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know you have probably a better way of explaining why that often happens to many Mm -hmm. of us um because I don't really know how to explain why it happens. I just know it did happen, and I have heard it's happened to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it is a normal part of the process because what happens with brain retraining is you're showing your limbic system that you feel safe. And when your subconscious says, oh, she's safe, maybe she can feel more of what's been in the body. And so maybe certain memories will start to resurface or certain somatic sensations will start to be resurfaced because you're showing your subconscious that, maybe you can handle that a little more. And so it's a part of the healing process. But some people think, oh my gosh, I'm going backwards because I'm getting all these symptoms in my body or getting, getting this flood of memories that are negative. I'm like, no, actually your, your subconscious is trusting you to be able to regulate yourself through them. And so it's just time to go through that healing phase.
0: Mm, that makes so much sense it's like the uh, peeling the onion and I've definitely heard how you know and, and everyone has different ways to you know uh, different words or language to refer to it but you know I've always heard with it, with the work of the inner child that there's this period where you have to really develop trust and that's what that sounds like to me is mm-hmm. on some level it's like hey all right you're showing me that I can trust you now to bring some new layers um forward for you to now heal through yeah that's really well said that's exactly what's
1: happening there
0: right yeah and then you add in the like inner child work and the parts work and now you can even there's a there's a higher level of safety where that that inner child can come to the surface and and expose these deeper layers of repressed emotions that maybe the the brain, the nervous system, whatever language you want to use, deemed like not safe for a long period of time. Hence why you repress them and you weren't feeling them because there was maybe at some point when the trauma or something happened in childhood, we, we tucked it away because we thought that it would be too intense or not, not safe or, you know, it was safer for us to just not experience it. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And what's happening there, you know, with that inner child work is when we start regulating we're forming what I call this healthy adult main personality ego structure. And that helps that inner child part to say, oh, there's a regulated adult finally in the brain. And so now I can, you know, start going through the healing that I need. Um, That's kind of how I see it as far as parts work. And, And that's why, you know, for me and for the people I work with, I talk about building that healthy inner adult ego structure before you go in and do this parts work so that, um, you know, you can, you can handle what's in there and you can actually show up for the wounded inner parts and be able to hold space for them and for their feelings.
0: Right. And so, okay. So we've kind of talked about, um, how emotional elevation isn't enough, really just like having your practice end at emotional elevation. If we want to live an expression of our true self and you're kind of talking about the adult main personality, but how does somebody, Cause there's so many of us that you're we're living life and we're doing things and we're just going about our life and our business until maybe something does, you know, come come at us, like a chronic illness, chronic condition that sets us back and really gets us to step into this healing work that we quickly realize is a lot more than just healing physical symptoms. But how like there there's sometimes a point where we're like, well. Everyone keeps talking about true self, but I thought I already was living my true, my authentic self. And then you kind of start to realize, like, oh, maybe I wasn't, maybe not. Like, how do we differentiate, and how do we kind of get insight into what that even means? Yeah, you know, a lot of people
1: do feel that way. Well, no, I was living the way I, you know, I, I was doing what I loved and living, working, and and then I got sick, and I don't understand why. And a lot of times. We seemingly have a adult ego structure, but it's often some type of part of us that's like, oh, I need to do this in order to feel validated in the world. And so they go into a career to have some type of self-validation. And it seems like they're living a healthy adult life, but actually it's a coping strategy. It's a way of trying to get praise or approval or whatever it might be, um, some perfectionist behaviors there. That is not the healthy regulated adult ego structure. That's a part of that has grown up and learned how to be very good at coping by doing that particular thing. And so if there's an underlying uh, dormant stress, stress response like, oh, I need to do this for my validation, or I need to be really good at my job, I need to be successful at my job, all of that looks like you know adult behavior, but there's an underlying drive that's still stress-based. And that's what you need to watch for in wondering, you know, the true self the true self is okay with failure. The true self is okay with rejection. The true self does not need to be perfect. And so that's a little bit of the clue you, you can have is how were you living your life and were you um, at all trying to, you know, be good enough, achieve enough, that
0: kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. And it's interesting because you said like, you were talking about coping behaviors, and you also were talking about those earlier. How we can begin to just use emotional elevation as coping, mm-hmm. rather than, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like creating that roadmap to really step into that authentic living. And I never thought of it that way, but that's so true, isn't it? Like we can just end up taking certain tools and using it as it's like it's like with anything. Uh, you take something that. Is, is just a tool and you can make it healthy or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if, if anyone's listening, then they're, they're like, Oh no, I'm doing that. Don't worry. It's, it's a great tool. Yeah. And let's just expand on it. Let's work on some presencing and some somatics, and add to that tool so that you take that tool to the next level.
0: Right. Cause the idea is we don't want to like, I mean, maybe some people do, but I know I don't want to live in a way that I, um, that I need to depend on a tool just to like live my life. I want to choose to sometimes use these tools to like up level, but I know I want to not need or have to rely on something like mood elevation. I want to just be in a different mood (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then also be able, I want to know that whatever happens in my life that I, I have the resilience and threshold to handle it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How then do we use this true self to, to I guess, resolve deep inner conflicts that could be affecting our nervous system?
1: Yes. So let's talk a little bit about how that true self is developed and then yes. kind of help to answer that question. So yeah. in my experience, aligning with the true self It starts by first forming that healthy, regulated adult ego structure, that healthy adult main personality that I call. And the reason why that's important is we have to move from a protective self into a brain state or a personality of safety. That's kind of step one. So before you step into true self, it's like first healthy adult main personality, ego development. I can be regulated. I can handle it. Uh, I know what to do with stress so that the subconscious uh, stress response starts to relax. And when we start to become a regulated adult and move out of the protective self, we're able to access the ability to view the world from a higher vision. Meaning, instead of seeing everything as dangerous, we start to see the beauty in the world versus a uh, fear-based perception. And this is where our subconscious filters begin to be reset. So that's where people might even get more sensations because they start feeling more in their body, but it's because they're starting to view the world from a higher vision, from that regulated adult main personality. And that's really where we start to access the true self, viewing the world through beauty, through possibility, through creation versus just protection and fear. And then from there, when we are in more of that adult main personality and having a little bit of access to that higher mind, we start to go from thinking all the time to being in more presence, more observation, more attention on the environment. And that's another stage where you're like, okay, I'm noticing my world more. I'm noticing what's around me more. I'm noticing my body more. Then you know you're getting access more to the true self. And then lastly, we move into this sense of not being resistant to our reality or not being as resistant to what is. Because true self is okay with all possibilities. It is not stuck in duality of right, wrong, good, bad. It is not in the ego body centric uh, focus. It is above the ego. It's above um the 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 body obsession it's just here to experience life and it has things it wants to do and it's not resistant it's not resistant if you're having you know symptoms it's like okay so I have symptoms and what else would I like to do today and so what happens when you get into that last stage of being non-resistant to reality well then you're also not resistant to your inner parts You're not resistant to the parts of you that you have outcast or exiled or shamed. Your true self is like, yeah, that was part of my experience. It has a different perspective than those inner parts of us have. And that's how we can start integrating because our consciousness begins to be able to hold true self-awareness and inner part awareness at the same time which is very paradoxical you can feel the sense of shame and guilt from one perspective one perspective of yourself and the true self can be there and and hold that and say oh you know i can understand why you would feel that way but here's a whole other perspective it can hold both does that make sense
0: it does and you're like so you're basically in a sense too this is where you're really learning how to shift your perspective
1: Yes. You're learning how to shift perspective. And it starts what I say, and, and I, I often use the word being able to hold the tensions of the opposites, which was a term that I, I learned from a woman named Marion Woodman. Holding the tensions of the opposites. That's when you really know you're kind of in that true self place. Like I can feel this inner conflict inside of my Inside of me, but I can also see the beauty in my life at the same time, and then that's what really starts to integrate those parts and and um, form new neural networks.
0: Right. Yeah, and it makes me think how when we're holding like these these tensions of opposites, when we're able to be in that true self and in, and observe there was guilt or you know whatever it was. And then also being able to hold space for it and like observe it, but not like attached to it. I know what it feels for me like is also, it's like the safe space where there's also non-judgment because you're not, it's like if you're, you're in a place where now if these other things come up, you're not judging yourself like, oh, those are bad emotions and judging yourself for even having them to begin with.
1: Right, because judgment comes from the ego and all of our protective personality. True self is not ego. It's not mind. It's our consciousness. It's our, it's, it's, it's our being. And so, yeah, it's a really, it's, it's, it is an interesting experience to feel the judgment of a part of us active. And at the same time, part of our consciousness is also awakened where we are not judging ourselves. That's a moment of true self presence.
0: Yeah. And that feels safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we even just talk about it, that feels like a safe space to be.
1: Yeah. And you know, a lot of people want to get rid of all of these like inner parts and these inner feelings and you don't have to get rid of them. You just have to be able to be aware of like, oh yeah, this is this part of me feels scared while I'm doing this thing, but I'm also excited to do this thing. And that's a really important piece that people are trying to get rid of that inner world. And you you don't need to get rid of it. The true self has no need to get rid of any of those
0: parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wonder how somebody, hmm, I'm sure there's like times that like their ego can be a little tricky, you know? And um, so how might somebody be able to discern If they're kind of feeling like two things like that like kind of that split mind like you just or the divided mind like you're just saying like they're scared but they're excited how how, um what's like an indicator for somebody to know what's actually coming from ego versus what's coming from true self to what to know what's aligned and real for them
1: yeah first of all i want to say that when you're in that place where you're feeling both the most important thing that you're working on developing is, like I said, a healthy adult main personality. And that is your ability to choose. So what is the adult main personality? It's choice. What is true self? It's awareness. What is the, um, the protective self? It's fear-based, um, it's fear-based thinking and feeling. So In that moment, what do we need to do? You've got to recognize that you have the ability to choose. I can choose to go into this with fear, or I can also find the part of me that's excited to do this, even though a part of me is scared. I can choose to put my emotional allegiance into the true self or put my emotional allegiance into the protective part-time personality. You get to choose that at every moment, so it's, it's moment by moment choice, like, okay, I trust this, I'm going for this, part of me is scared, but I'm gonna put my emotional allegiance into, yes, this is what I want. Or you might put your emotional allegiance into, nope, too scared, don't wanna go there, and you don't do that, you always have that choice. So it's a lot of practice in choosing between those two tensions, and um,
0: recognizing that you do have
1: choice. Hmm.
0: Okay, so while we're talking about choice, I want to kind of – it's kind of a little bit of a backtrack, but I do want to ask one question that kind of pertains to um, shifting from that phase, stage one, to kind of phase stage two, where you said that as we're doing rewiring, um, this is where we might start to feel more sensations in our body. Some might – Some might label it as anxiety. They have different interpretations of what these sensations could feel like. Well, for somebody who spent a really long time just um, focused on rewiring and mood elevation and um, using things like visualizations to distract yourself, Mm -hmm. um, if this is what you're kind of used to, and then all of a sudden you're starting to feel these new sensations, a lot of times this makes people almost afraid. They almost step into fear judging these sensations, feeling like they did something wrong rather than realizing it was right. And you mentioned that earlier. So happens a lot is that our our automatic response is to wanna just continue to distract, to continue to use those distracting mechanisms. So how can somebody, um, I guess, practice not defaulting back to those distraction mechanisms and being with the uncomfortability? Yeah,
1: that's a really good question. So when you get to the stage where you're starting to notice that you're getting new sensations and you've been doing your emotional elevation, one of the things that I teach is helping people to become willing to go live their life with the sensation and feeling safe at the same time. Because ultimately with step one, mood elevation, we're trying to return a sense of safety well, now we need to show the subconscious that even with these symptoms or even with the sensation, I'm still safe and I can actually go live my purpose. And what happens is as we start to choose to live, despite having the symptoms, despite having those sensations in that choice to live and in that adult main personality that says, I'm okay. I'm inherently safe. I have these sensations today and I'm going to go do this. We start to show the subconscious that those symptoms aren't dangerous. And in that showing that these symptoms aren't dangerous, I can still live. Often there um, there becomes a resolution in what's causing those symptoms in the first place.
0: Mm, okay. That makes so much sense. It's just, it's just, um, it's just going to take practice you know especially for somebody who's listening who's used to going to the distraction mechanism
1: you might sandwich you know that event with like okay i'm going to do this emotional elevation practice because i want to feel a little more safe but you've got to make the choice and i'm going to choose to be okay with what is today that presencing that that stage of presencing step two and what is might be symptoms And you go do things and you just, you're clear that you're doing emotional elevation to help you feel safe, but not to get rid of the symptoms. You're doing it to feel safe if you're needing to do the emotional elevation. But there's just this choice. I'm going to live my purpose regardless of what I am feeling. And maybe you have to modify how you're living that purpose that day but you still live it, and you still know at the end of the day, I chose to live even with these symptoms. I have my life even with these symptoms, and that starts to send a message to the body, to the nervous system. I'm okay even with these symptoms, and then those symptoms become okay, and then they often resolve when they become okay.
0: I want to know how the true self and everything we're talking about right now relates to the concept primal trust that your work focuses on.
1: Yeah. Uh, Primal trust is an inherent sense of safety in your body, in life, in the world itself. It is the true self perspective of life. Primal trust is a brain state where you have access to that non-resistant perspective of life and you're taking that brain state with you into life into everything you're doing even the hard things because there's going to be things that are it's going to cause you fear it's going to cause you stress we're going to have pain we're going to have discomfort primal trust is having that true self brain state accessible even in those hard moments and in that our nervous system is able to handle things better. We're able to still live and, uh, and handle those conflicts and not have it take us out of life because we have access to this inherent safety that is given to us as beings of love and
0: light. Right, 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 right. Would you be willing to share for anyone listening, some of the challenges that you've encountered on your journey to discovering and bringing um, your true self to the forefront?
1: Sure. I will start with early on in my brain retraining. um, You know, about a year into it, when I was emerging into the second stage and third stage, I realized that I was out of alignment in how I was living my life. I was in a marriage that was, um, not in alignment for me. I was in a religion that was absolutely not in alignment with me. And I was, you know, in a choice point, like, Oh no, in order to be my true self and to say, and this was the question I asked myself, if I wasn't afraid of what anyone thought I would And I answered that statement and I wrote things down and it was shocking what came out of my mouth because I realized, oh, no, this would mean I have to change my life drastically to live this authentic way. And that was a big challenge for me because I knew that in order to truly heal, if I was going to do what I wanted to do and I didn't care what others thought, it was going to require me changing my life up quite a bit. And I did do, I did go through that process and I lost many friends. I lost my, my religious community. I lost respect of a lot of people from changing my marriage and it was really difficult, but every step of those choices that were hard, I gained more of me. I gained more self-respect and more integrity, even though, you know, parts of me were being very challenged by that. So that would be probably my biggest leap into true self alignment was completely rearranging my personal life in my recovery
0: process. Heck yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's like such a, oh my gosh, how do I want to say it? it's like such a common theme that sometimes, um, sometimes we don't know what like true self lo- would look like because, oh man, it's like, it means we have to do really hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like sometimes when you find out that like how you said you had to leave a marriage and leave a religion and like uproot your whole life, like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like other people find out, man, this job that I've had for 20 years, that's my security and bread and butter. Like, it's just, it's not good for me. And you find that out. And then you have to make these tough decisions if you're going to stand in that truth and walk away. And, you know, or you're like, oh, I got to move. I know you and I've both went through this recently, like knowing, man, it's time to move. And that's, that's not easy after living somewhere 17 years. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of goodbyes to like really strong friendships and bonds, but it's mm-hmm. such a rewarded and beautiful gift when you stand in that truth and like make that hard choice.
1: And, you know, I'll say that a lot of people I work with, when I ask them that question, what would you do if you didn't care what anyone thought? They do not want to answer. They are afraid of their yeah. true self. They are afraid and they stay stuck, stuck, very symptomatic a lot of times. And they know, and they know, like I don't want to know what's true. And you know what? You have to honor where you're at. And, in, and if that's the case for anyone listening, I say, you know what? Keep building that healthy adult main personality. Keep building your self-regulation. Keep presencing. And eventually, you're going to have enough trust in yourself that's like, I can handle my truth. I can handle, I can handle what I really want. And I can make the steps to do that. It just means you're not quite ready to handle that. So I just want to put that out there because it is a layered process. You don't just rush into true self and changing up your life without having enough self-trust that you can handle what your inner truth is.
0: Oh, heck yeah. I'm glad you said that. It's so true. I knew for a long time that I needed to move before I did it. And it was definitely a step-by-step process. Like there was so many times that like my nervous system was like, uh, uh, (laughs) and then there became a point where I felt so, like you said, in my adult main personality where I was like, no, this is it. This is time. And it's okay. We're going to like, we're not going to look at this big picture and stress out over the thousand things we have to do. We're going to be like, what like little tiny step can I take today to work towards this? Yes. And, and tomorrow and the next day.
1: <laughs> and, you know, in my program, you know, really a true self is kind of step two and then into step three. And, you know, that's a, that's a we have a whole community helping to support each other as we make these steps, because you kind of need that kind of support to to really do it, to really get out there in the world and be willing to be rejected, to be willing to face hard stuff, we, I really recommend getting involved with community and having group support as you get into that stage.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I want to actually ask you something about that. But before I do, uh, say the question one more time, because I want to leave this as a journal prompt for people who are listening.
1: What would you be doing if you weren't afraid of what anyone thought? What would you do differently if you weren't afraid of what anyone would say or think? Okay.
0: I love that. That's going to be a really great fun journal journal prompts for people (laughs) out there. That's a good one. Just no matter where you're at in life, to check back in with yourself and ask Mm -hmm. that to make sure that things haven't, you know, that that truth hasn't slipped to the wayside. Yeah. Um. So speaking of community, could you go a little deeper into ways that community really does help us as we're living authentically or committed to living authentically?
1: Yeah. First of all, I want to say that when we have inner trauma, it's always trauma happens in relationship. It happens because of people. In order to heal trauma, we need people (laughs) to rewire with. So, you know, I say that it's in relationship we're injured and in relationship we heal. It's important for our subconscious to be able to feel safe again in all ways. And so community, that piece of it, that Uh, it's, it's, it's a really important part of the journey. Um, And then what was repeat your question again, because
0: just asking how, like what ways that community involvement helps us to authentically. Okay. And then the next pace
1: is that when we are involved with community, we are when we're involved with other people, we have, we're able to reflect, um, we're able to have a mirroring of, of who we are and what we love. And other people often remind us of parts of us that maybe have been dormant that we want to wake up. Um, we are able to be inspired. In other words, we're able to access a mind outside of ourselves because it's our own minds that limit our growth, our own minds that you know, say, oh, this is what's, uh, what your potential is. And when we are in community, we become inspired and we see things from a greater perspective. And the truth is, is that we are all connected beings of love and light. So our true nature is that we are in community energetically. And the more that we come back into community in form in third dimension, we are mimicking our true nature. And So that's why it's an important part of the healing process.
0: Yes. So important. Okay. So I'm going to throw, throw a curve question out here for you. what is your thoughts your insight your advice for somebody who who knows this intuitively they intuitively know that they need community they have a deep craving for connection but there's something inside of them that almost keeps them at a distance disconnected withdrawn like for as much as they crave the community they have a hard time actually engaging if that makes sense
1: yeah, yeah, I, I know a few of those in, in my life um who have parts that prefer to be introverted, isolated, um, so that they don't have to be rejected. And what I'd say for that person is that it's kind of an incremental training. You know, some people love community, they're extroverted. That's just where they feel safe. And some people have to work their way in. And in my community, I have have people like that. And so maybe they start by, you know, joining some community that is resonant for them and they just watch recordings and kind of get to know people that way. Then maybe they start to show up, but they've got their camera off or, Uh, you know, whatever, and they just listen. And they might do that for months and, and just observe. And so you've got to recognize and let that part of, you know, we don't have to do this all at once. We don't have to just show up and start talking. We can just become involved in some type of a community through simply reading the material or, um, or watching the videos and you might start there, or maybe it's just going to your local, uh, cafe and sitting there and just reading a book while being around your community. You don't have to socialize, but you're allowing your energy field to be in community so you kind of start where you're at and you make that intention i and it it needs to be a choice um i would like to be involved with community i'd like to incrementally start learning how to be involved in community so maybe you go walk or work out where there's other people nearby you're just immersing yourself around people but not necessarily having that face-to-face contact, which can be, um, too much and outside of somebody's training zone.
0: That's so smart. Yeah. Just kind of incrementally train it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feeling again, creating safety.
1: Yeah. You're just creating safety and you're just, and you're, you're very, um, overt. Like I want to create safety and community and I'm going to start in this way. And it might just be, you know, like I said, you're just showing up listening and you have, you know, you're letting yourself know, I don't have to talk. I'm okay to observe because that's still part of the community.
0: Speaking of community, (laughs) uh, will you share with us more about the Primal Trust Academy that you got coming out and the community membership? Yeah. So
1: I am, I guess next week I'm about to reorganize my entire platform, everything I've been doing for the last three years into one membership program where all of my courses, my Primal Trust training, Uh, group coaching, everything is just in one community. And it's uh, a big leap for me because it means I'm taking all of my high ticket courses and I'm dumping into this low monthly membership. It'll be basically $24 a week for everything. And that's like live classes, coaching with me, all my level one programs, my level two mentorship, my live primal trust mentorship, and our level three community with all sorts of other mentors like it's a ridiculous amount of support Um, there's nothing out there like it and I wanted to uh, do this because my work has been so successful and I felt in my heart like I have to be able to offer this to more people and I have to obviously make it work for me and community is ultimately um, you know it's, it's the most important thing to me because I need it in I uh, yeah just decided to launch the Primal Trust Academy and Community. It opens uh, mid-December and the next live Primal Trust five-month mentorship will start January 25th of 2022 and it's all part of that community, that low-cost community. So um, everything I just spoke of uh, in this podcast is what we do and uh, it's my vision to, to bring healing to the world, to Uh, show them the algorithm I use to have them be able to have all the tools and to understand this roadmap of development of adult main personality and true Mm self-alignment.
0: Wow. I love it. So you said January 25th, another live um, Primal Trust will begin. Okay. And for everyone listening, I'm just going to kind of... um, Repeat some of this. So, January 25th, the next live starts. And that is for how many weeks? Five months.
1: It's, it's five a, months. The deep dive level two program that's super successful. So, it's
0: a great yeah, event. this is going to be the first time you do it for five months, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I you know, made it a little longer and deeper and a little, a little slower so people could assimilate the
0: process. Right. Okay. And this is, as you said, included in your monthly membership for, yeah. the, for the Academy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm including it. I'm going to see how it goes and just throw it in there and hope that it, it works out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to offer this to the world.
0: I love it, and what um, what else is in this academy, because I know you have a lot of other types of yeah. courses, classes, offerings.
1: Yeah, so I have a level one, a level two, and a level three. Level one is all of your neuroplasticity stuff, so brain retraining, vagus nerve training, polyvagal theory, somatics, even some energy medicine basics all about regulating the nervous system so there's a couple courses that are in there um, to give you all of those tools plus you'll have live Q&A with me and guidance with other mentors and then level two is the primal trust mentorship that's the inner work that we've been talking about today I have a recorded version and then there'll be a live version so you can go at your own pace or you can join live And then I have a level three part of the community called the Living Alchemy Teachings. And these are advanced teachings on all sorts of things. And even Chaz here comes and teaches about human design. Um, But I have my mentor in there teaching a couple other mentors teaching uh, things on primal trust. We've got Felgeny teaching primal trust, Michelle teaching somatics. We've got sound healing, um, lots of things in there. And so it's really uh, incredible. We've got, it just uh, runs the gamut. It's got everything in it
0: yeah and it's just growing Mm -hmm.
1: yes it is
0: and it's just a way like you said to have that community to support as you are out there living this authentic life
1: yeah yeah that's my you know my big vision was um when i was you know finding my healing and transformation like i i've got to be able to show people how i put this all together because it's a lot of tools and practices and it's like you know, it's, it's hard to know, like, what's the next step? What's the next step? And my brain kind of thinks in, uh, steps and maps. And so it's one of my gifts. And that's really what I aim to do is kind of help people know, okay, what's the obvious next step for their recovery process.
0: Mm, yeah. I love it. I remember when I first connected with you and I learned, um, kind of more deeply about all these layers that you were incorporating and it made me so happy because for me intuitively I always knew that there was multiple layers of things
1: mm-hmm. and
0: for me I I just didn't understand how to put it together mm-hmm. I'm really good at seeing patterns and connecting dots and understanding that there needs to be things like multiple things but uh when it comes to the organization factor I'm like uh yeah somebody else has to do that part <laughs> and you just had this way of putting all these beautiful um concepts and tools and practices together in a in a system that seems to really flow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what's really cool is that this community has now, you know, we we started part of it um Many months ago, but it's got a life of its own. The members are now contributing and teaching and sharing and supporting each other, and I'm literally watching the community just blossom like its own ecosystem. And that's really uh, beautiful because then I don't have to do it all. I don't have to hold it all. It's it's now uh, grown beyond me, which is really really wonderful.
0: Right. Well, and that empowers everybody else to Mm -hmm. you know because all of us you know um, and I've been talking to some people about this lately. Um, for podcast ideas, because rather than just having people who are recovered come on here, I don't want people to think they have to be at this fully healed place to be able to speak about their journey. Because what does that even mean? You know, and all of us, as we're on this journey, we're developing and gaining wisdom and insight that's so valuable to share with each other and support mm-hmm. each other. So um, it, it helps you to not have to feel like you have to carry it all and be responsible for all of it and then you allow it to organically morph and it allows other people to step up into um you know into their truth and to to be able to share their knowledge their wisdom and then for everyone to support one another Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which is awesome
1: (laughs) Ah. it really is it's been crazy to just you know, watch what I've been doing growing over the last couple of years and just, you know, starting with coaching and then a course and then another one. And now there's just really massive community. It's And uh, having everybody help in the vision, um, it's really wonderful.
0: I love it. I love it so much. How can people learn more about this uh, Primal Trust Academy, the community offerings?
1: So it's, like I said, launching here in a couple weeks in December. So KathleenKing.com, Kathleen with a C, C C-H-H-L-E-N-K-I-N-G.com. And on my website, you'll see it all, all of everything that's in there. And then you can sign up through there and uh, also get on my newsletter if um, you're wanting to be notified, of course. So that's also on my website to be able to do that.
0: Awesome. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you another random question because I'm pretty sure that I didn't ask you this question the first time I had you on the podcast. So I got to ask you now, (laughs) uh, if you could only share one message with the world for the rest of your life, what would that one message be?
1: Mm -hmm. You know exactly what you need to do. It's in there. You just got to get still and listen. And I say that because we often look outside of ourselves for the answers. We look outside of ourselves for our our spiritual development. We look outside of ourselves so much. And we have this true self, this wise, wise being of love and light. And it's inside of us. And you just have to decide, I know what to do. And in that decision, just sitting there and letting that light be your guide, your inner compass is right there. And from that compass, you can navigate your whole
0: life. Yes, absolutely. What else? Do you have any other thoughts? Any other cool things that you're doing right now? Any passions, anything that is just heavy on your heart that you want to share with everyone listening while we have a chance?
1: You know, I have been really noticing the way of nature the last year, especially with everything going on in the world and what I mean by that is that the world has all this conflict and this fear and grasping and afraid of death and this and that. And the more that I look at nature and watch nature and watch how it is just surrendered to the magical mystery, the trees, they're surrendered. One might get hit by lightning, but it's okay. Or, you know, the... Some other plants might get ripped out and they're okay. They're just surrendered and they live in their glory and they allow nature to unfold as it will. And when I contemplate nature, it has helped me so much to just let go of controlling and let nature have its way in our in our world with our consciousness and just trusting that there is a, 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 a bigger evolution at play and that if I can just set my consciousness on the consciousness of nature, I'm going to be guided. And, you know, if that means I get sick and I experience sickness, well, then that was part of nature's way. And that's okay. Just like, you know, some plants get sick and some plants are healthy and, you know, and I'll trust that I'll, I'll, I'll move through that process, you know? So i just really recommend that people spend as much time in nature as possible right now, because, you know, we've got media and all sorts of sources that are just like, making us crazy. And so my passion right now is, is just remembering nature's way, remembering to surrender into the magical mystery. And that helps me to keep access to my true self and to keep calibrated, keep my consciousness calibrated above the duality and the chaos of the world.
0: I love it. I 100% agree. And for anyone who's living in a city and you think you don't have access to nature, just go to a park, go to like a, little ponds, anywhere that there's a duck or a bird. Because honestly, just for me, when I go to the beach and I just watch the birds, I just laugh and smile and just think, how lucky are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, okay, I love that I have a mind, but I'm also a little, <laughs> little jealous of the birds. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they're just so present. They're just so in the moment in life whatever it is whether it's like cold or windy or hot or you know sunny or foggy like it doesn't matter and whatever's happening in the ocean you have those birds that they still just they're so fun to watch them sit it's like Mm -hmm. to just sit out on the water and like kind of coast over the waves and when a big when a big wave's coming they just intuitively like they flap their wings and fly up and like land over it and then just kind of roll over the next you know way it's just fun it's just really Mm -hmm. grounding to be in Mm -hmm. any kind of nature if i didn't have the beach i would just be at a park anywhere that i could just watch a bird watch just be with the tree and really just be yeah Mm -hmm. and
1: like you said it's it's about presence and bringing us back to that um true self that you know kind of the topic and that's how you find that's the quickest way it's just presence in nature that's my go-to, and that's how I keep myself from rewiring myself in circles if we talk all
0: the way back to the beginning. It's just presence. So. Mm-hmm. And nature does definitely help us with that. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially in, in these times, it's definitely important to disconnect and go connect with our earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. joining me again. And um, I know that all the way back when we did the first episode, we said, we're going to do this again. And it took us a while, but we got there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just in time for such this awesome gift that you're bringing out with this academy, I'm, I know I'm excited.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I love getting to talk about these things. I, these, are the, these are the topics that really matter to me. And thank you for letting me share some of my thoughts with the world
0: all right you guys that's a wrap i hope that you enjoyed today's episode you will find all the necessary links in the show notes to dr Cat's program academy and community please please do not skip this week's challenge and find yourself some space for the commune with nature and while you're there take time for that year-end reflection what does living a life of purpose look like for your true self in 2022 do you have a ritual for the end of the year or the beginning of a new year? Or do you just let one roll into the other? If we want something different than what we have, we have to do something different than what we've been doing. So what do you want? Do you already have what you want? Is it something that needs to shift for you in the new year to create the life that you dream of? Because I really do believe that we can often discover answers just like these to our questions when we're in stillness and in nature it does truly help so as usual please make this week great and have a wonderfully happy fulfilling new year cheers